WPTI, the Piedmont's news talk and sports station. This is a special edition of the Wealth Guardians radio program with Doug Ray. Today, my guest, Tim Wood. He's the editor, publisher of Cycles News and Views, a friend of mine, and I last had him on this program almost four and a half years ago. You know, some people believe history repeats itself. Mark Twain said, it may not repeat, but it sure does rhyme. Technicians have analyzed the price movement over time in the stock market, and they believe that markets do repeat and have identifiable cycles and patterns you can identify and learn from. And then once identified, you can react accordingly. There are many disciplines to technical analysis, and my friend Tim Wood is here today to talk about his cycles theory work. I've studied Tim's work for several years, and I've been awestruck at how accurate it has been. In fact, Tim was last on my show January 22nd, 2011. Much has happened since then, and I'm really glad to have Tim back. Tim, welcome into the show today. Doug, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. You know, I, I've kind of held you, I don't want to say like an ace up the sleeve or something, but I wanted to have you back on the show when, when the time is, was right, because let me sort of set set the audience up. You have been studying uh, the stock market for quite some time. In fact, you accurately identified the 2000 top. You identified the bottom in 2002. Uh, you used all your statistical analysis. You identified the uh, the market top in, in 07. You, you identified the oil top in 08. Uh, you identified the bottom in, in 09. Uh, you also identified the gold top back in 11. Uh, the housing top, you identified that. Everything before it happened, it is absolutely amazing work. And honestly, I think you're probably you're going to go down as the best cycles analyst that's ever been. You're a CPA, though. Fill, fill us in on how you went from an accountant to being a technical analyst. Well, that's kind of an interesting story. I hadn't thought about it in a long time myself. Um, when I was, uh, you know, in, in college, um, studying to be, uh, you know, for my accounting degree and taking classes, there were some electives I had to have, and, and I took, uh, it was a 400-level investment class. It was called Fundamentals of, Anal- of, uh, Fundamentals of Investments. And one of the chapters in the book was Technical Analysis. And this guy, this professor, he's doing all these. He's deriving equations and doing all this complex mathematical stuff on the on the board. And then we get to this chapter of technical analysis, and I'm like, my God, this makes more sense than anything I've ever seen. And um, you know, the whole theory with technical analysis is that everything's discounted in price. You know, everything is the old Dow theorist once said. You know, everything known to man, to all men, to all participants of the market at the end of the day, is discounted into that one price bar. And so with that theory in mind, it just, it just, it just set with me, and I started digging, and I, uh, I, I did self-study, and, and um, here we are. Well, you know, you do self-study, and uh, you've been mentioned by many of your peers as, as a purist, uh, one who basically does their own work and, and – uh, you know, doesn't uh, repeat other people's stuff. In fact, I, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll add that uh, you uh, got a great mention by um, Elliott Wave International in their last uh, their last letter. That's Bob Prechter's think tank in, in Atlanta. Um, you know, Tim, I, 
we've talked many times. We've we've looked at this market. Um, I have been talking to my clients. I have been trying to use this radio venue to to warn the folks out there that um, you know this market move. This this move since the bottom back in March of '09 is it's not normal. They want people to believe it's normal, but it's basically being fed off of debt. And, you know, you have been so good at identifying market tops. And you have also mentioned that I think we're in our didn't we just start our 76th month in this upside move? You know, I can't even remember now. <laughs> it's this 74, 5, 6, somewhere in there. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yes. And and typically they don't even last half that long. Uh, so right. we are very, very overstretched, overbought. I've used the term uh, regression to the mean. We'll eventually go back to it. But um, let me, before we get into today's market, let's let's start a little bit further back. How did we get to where we are from where we were? Well, <clears throat> I believe, looking at just a couple of real simple charts, that the economy basically peaked out in 2000. And if you stand back, if a person removes the emotion, and they stand back and just use just a little bit of common sense, they'll see that. But I'm looking at charts and making that common sense observation. If you look at the velocity of money, that one chart alone, and I know that chart has been floated around the Internet a, few, a year or so ago, and it got some attention, but you have to put these things in perspective. But if you look at that chart, what you see is that it peaked in 97. Uh, and then if you look at the job participation rate, um, you know, it peaked, I uh, don't have the chart in front of me, but it peaked in 90, I think, 97, 98, 99. And... So what you had is you had some divergences with those underlying fundamental elements of a, of a strong economy. And, and by the way, the, and the stock market peaked. The secular bull market peaked in 2000. And so you had a divergence or non-confirmation with those underlying fundamental uh, factors uh, with the economy. And the, 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 the simple reality is, is that since then, uh, the velocity of money and job participation rate and so forth have been coming down. And what we've seen the Fed do, it's it's real simple. They have tried to uh, jumpstart the economy, try to get that going again, ether in the carburetor, if you will. But it has failed. And when I say failed, yes, they have, it, between the, the 2002 low and the 2009 low, they managed to push stock prices higher to a new high. They managed to, at that time, create the, 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 the longest four-year cycle in stock market history. They managed to create the housing bubble. They managed to create the commodity bubble. They managed to create the banking crisis when it all fell apart. But if you look at those charts, they did not fix the underlying fundamental problem with the economy you can't you know you can't fix this economy by throwing money at it. it it it's just it's a cycle it has to play out and 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 it's just you know we we, we have problems it's a band-aid and so 
they masked it, if you will. They, it, 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 it was camouflaged with higher asset prices. And as that cycle stretched into the 2007 top, you know, I told people, I said, it's only making matters worse, it's only making matters worse. And I, I didn't say that based on, you know, theory. I, I said it based on observation, what I was seeing in history. You know, the longer you stretch these cycles, the worse it is. Plus, if you look at, if you back up and you just look at the stock market itself, you'll see there's something very, very obvious for, for, for anyone that has the eyes to see it. But, you know, the characteristic, the underlying volume characteristics of the market changed in 2000. You know, up to the 2000 top, as, you know, as price moved up, volume moved up, when, when price would go down, major correction, volume would go down, and so volume would expand as, as, as price was expanding. Well, after the 2000 top, it's a mirror image. It's the opposite. Volume went up as price went down, and as, vo- and as price went up, volume went down. And if you get just any basic technical analysis book, that's bearish action. And so what has happened is we have been, I know this is a hard concept to grasp, but, but we have been in a secular bear market, in my opinion, since the 2000 top. And, and all of these efforts to stimulate the economy has has well between 2000 and two, between 2002 and 2007 you know it appeared in these other asset classes in in housing and and uh, commodities and and the stock market and like i said it failed and they created the worst financial crisis since the inception or since uh, the great depression well fast forward and and here we are now we 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 come out of the 2000 uh, nine extended four-year cycle low, and we can talk about that in a minute. But and what do they do? More of the same, more of the same. And this time around, if you look at the velocity of money chart, you know they got very little bang for their buck. If you look at the job participation rate chart, they got very little bang for their buck. They've just collapsed. Tim, you're going to have to hold your thought. We're up against a break. You are listening to a special edition of The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray on 94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. WPTI, the Piedmont's News and Talk Sports Station. This is a special edition of the Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray. Today, my special guest is Mr. Tim Wood. He is the publisher, author of Cycles News and Views. I'm having Tim on the entire show today because I think it's an important juncture in our economy, in our market, uh, and I wanted Tim on the show specifically uh, because I think his cycles uh, work, his analysis of the market has been so amazingly good. Uh, he is one of the several analysts, I should say, that I follow and one that I pay particular attention to when he says that uh, the market's about to top out. He hasn't said that yet, but we both feel like we're getting very, very close to that. Tim has a, uh, a newsletter and an Internet site. Let me give you that. It's uh, www.cyclesman.net. 
you could go on that site. He has a lot of free information on there, but if you want the good stuff, yeah, you're going to have to subscribe to his newsletter. And let me tell you something. I highly, highly recommend it. I've been a subscriber of Tim's now, I guess, since 2008, and I've seen some amazing market calls since that time by, by Mr. Wood. He has uh, something he calls his DNA markers. It's something that he has discovered uh, looking back at market cycles going back to the inception of the Dow since 1896. And these DNA markers always appear at market tops, almost without exception. I'm not going to give them out because that's Tim's intellectual property right. If you want to know what they are, you've got to subscribe to his newsletter because he, he absolutely spells them out to you. We're going to talk about them a little bit in broad terms today. But, Tim, let me bring you back in here. When we uh, broke for, uh, at the bottom of the last segment, you were explaining that, in your view, everything that's been going on since 2000 is a bear market rally. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Wall Street's going to vehemently disagree with you on that. Well, <clears throat> that's fine. They generally do disagree with me, and I don't know of anyone on Wall Street that properly identified any of the tops that I have identified, so I'm, I'm comfortable with, with taking their heat. Um, it, it bothers me very little. Um, the, the, the thing, what I was saying, though, is, is that, well, first of all, let me say this. You know, bull markets are not born of price, really. I mean, people think that, and that's, that's the concept. That's the difference we have. If, if there's a difference, maybe labeling people say, oh, well, it's at a new high, so it's got to be a bull market. No, I understand what you're saying. It's at a new high, but, but that's not a secular bull market, okay? When we look at the writings by Charles H. Dow, the founder of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and the principles that he applied, and the volume characteristics, um, I would beg to differ that it's not a secular bull market. Yes, the market's at a new high, but it's fabricated. And it's, it's based on, um, like you said, the liquidity. But what, what I was saying when we broke, before we go to those DNA markers, what I was saying when we broke is that, you know, the velocity money this time around, I mean, back in, you know, coming out of the 2002 low, you know, they got a, a little bit of an uptick with the velocity money and a little bit of an uptick with the job participation rate. But this time, there's nothing. If you look at the chart, it's just collapsed. And this time, if you look at, you know, commodities, I mean, look at oil. Um, look, look at housing. Yes, it's recovered some, but commodities have not participated. Uh, you know, the other asset classes are, by and large, you know, flat to down. And then you look at the, like I said, the velocity of money and, and, and the uh, job participation rate. And, and so, how can you have a sound economy with 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 velocity of money? You know, it, and that's how fast you know I, I spend a dollar and you get that dollar and then you spend the dollar. And so the the turnover of money is what we're talking about. If if money's not turning over and there's not jobs, then I don't care what someone says. That's not that's not you, you don't have a recovering economy when you have those two things collapsing, okay? Yes, we have price at a, the market at virtually a new high, no question about that, but when you look at the volume characteristics of the market, just like at 2007, um, it's a bear market rally. And coincidentally, everyone knows about the great bear market that ran between 1966 and 1974, 
And what people don't realize is that one of those swings, and I don't remember now which one it is. I don't have the chart in front of me. But one of those swings uh, out of one of those four-year cycle lows carried the industrials to a new high. And then the market collapsed 45% into the final bottom. And so, yes, I stick to my guns. This is a secular, secular, um, we're in a secular bear market, in my opinion. You know, it almost defies logic. You're talking about the velocity of money not going and going up. It To me, it defies logic. The way the Fed has just created so much debt with all their QE programs, how in the world is is uh, money velocity not going up? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, and, and commodities, too. I mean, every, every logical bet is with all the debt out there, gold and silver would be soaring right now. I agree. And, and you know, you've been reading the letter. Um, you know, the cycle set up with, uh, in 2011 with uh, the nine-year cycle topping gold. And look at it. I mean, that was called, um, you know, right pretty much as it happened. Um, you know, this, this stuff works. It, but if you want to talk about the, the DNA markers just a little bit, let's, let's talk about that. <clears throat> um, you know, we have, since 1896, there is a cycle in the, in the stock market that has averaged 48 months from low to low. And think of the cycle, if you will, like a pyramid, an isosceles triangle. It goes up, and then it comes down, and then it goes up, and then it comes down. Well, cycles are measured from low to low. And uh, over time, since 1896, even with the last extension of, uh, of the uh, 02 to 07 cycle, which was at that time the longest in history, or, or I think it matched the longest in, uh, cycle in history, um, they still average 48 months. And there's been roughly half of them have been a little less than 48 months, and half of them have been a little more than 48 months. But they have averaged 48 months from low to low. But then the question comes, how do you know when it's topped? How do you know? I mean, because you get a top in the market, but how do you know it's the four-year cycle top? And that's why, that's what drove me to develop the DNA markers. So what it is, I went back <clears throat> since the inception of the averages in 1896 and found a, a list of common denominators that occur. Some of them are based on internal, some of them are based on structure, some of them have to do with Dow theory, but, but I, I, I compiled a list of common denominators. And it was used to identify the top in, in, in 2000, and it was right. And uh, it was used to identify the top in 2007. I remember specifically the top in 2007 in July, um, we had a top, and I remember we, we, the market fell pretty hard, pretty quick down into August. And I remember getting phone calls and people were saying, is this it? Is this it? Do you think this top? And I said, no, I don't think so. And now, mind you, we had the, the, the longest extension of a four-year cycle advance ever. And the market, you know, it took a pretty good hit down into the August lows. And I said, no, I don't think so. That's, I don't, because we didn't have the DNA markers. I said, we need one more push. We got that one more push. And like clockwork, everything fell into place. And it was done. And by the same token, in 2011, many have argued, and there may be some listening, that the 2011 top, uh, and we had a pretty good correction. If you look back at the chart, um, I, I want to say it was nearly 20% uh, from the 2011 top down into the 2000, um, I think it bottomed in, in uh, October of, of 11. And... Um, Many have called that a four-year cycle, like a short four-year cycle. And 
in reality, we actually had a Dow Theory non-confirmation there, and I remember there were some that came out with a Dow Theory primary bearish trend change, or so-called sell signal, in conjunction with that May high. And I said, no, I don't think so. We're going, uh, you know, I wrote articles and said that not all Dow Theory uh, so-called sell signals are created equally. I said, I think we're going higher. We're going back above May high, and it's not the four-year cycle top. And um, and I was right. And I was right based on the DNA markers, the absence of the DNA markers. And so they cut both ways. And what I have said about this rally, and just like with the rally out of the 02 into the 07 high, I said, you know, yes, I think it's within the context of a secular bear market. Uh, yes, it's liquidity-driven. And yes, it's extended. But it, we're going to know when it tops. It's going to continue to to rally until we get those markers. And when the markers are in place, I, there's, you know, history, going back to 1896, history shows me that when they're in place, it's done. There's nothing they can do. Nothing is done. But until then, yes, it can continue to ratchet higher and higher and higher. You know, um, and I, I remember that 2011 uh, correction very well because by then I'd been reading your letter for a couple of years, and uh, I even thought this was it. And uh, you kept saying in the letter, no, I don't think so. The DNA markers are not there. I had clients calling uh, saying, are we going lower? Is, it, is this it? Is this the end of the rally? And I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, because of uh, of the guidance your letter gives. If you just joined us, today we have Tim Wood uh, on our program. He is the editor and publisher of Cycles News and Views. You can find his work on the Internet at www.cyclesman.net. All right, back to back to your work, Tim. Um, we don't, I'll just tell people right now, the, the DNA, the markers, they're not all there right now. So we're not at a market top yet, correct? We're, it's not solidified yet. Uh, we're, we, we do have, we have some serious issues right now. I mean, it, it, it's trying. It's trying. And it could fall in place very, very quickly. Um, it could also morph and, 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 uh, and, and mend very, very quickly because they're not all in place. Like I said, it's not solidified. Um, but this market's in trouble. Make no mistake about it. Um, the problem, the difference between now and 11, think about this, and I think you'll, you'll probably agree with me. 11 was close enough to 9, 8 and 9, that people panicked. Mm-hmm. People feared the market. And, and I said two things coming out of the 09 low that I think you'll probably remember. I said that the longer the rally lasts, the more dangerous it would become. And what I meant by that was, now I didn't think it would last this long. I had no idea, and I and I and I certainly didn't think it would go this high. Um, but again, the markers have not appeared. But what I meant by that was, is that people would become. I mean, I had enough sense to know that people would be. They would. They would. They would. They would buy into it. They believe it. And I also said that it would. It would continue until the markers appeared. But anyway. The difference between now and then is, is that, like I said, I, you were getting phone calls. I bet you're not getting phone calls now. No one's worried now. No one, they can't, I bet you one in a thousand are not concerned about this market. Tim, and unfortunately, because- we got to go to another break, but we'll be right back with uh, more from uh, Tim Wood, the editor of Cycles News and Views. This is the Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray on 94.5 WPTI, the new Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station.
94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's news, talk, and sports station. This is a special edition of the Wealth Guardians radio program with Doug Ray. My special guest today is Mr. Tim Wood. He is the editor and publisher of Cycles News and Views. You can find his work at www.cyclesman.net. I wanted to have Tim on today because I think we're getting to a point in this market cycle that... uh, that's very, very uh, precarious, to say the least. Tam was last on my show uh, back in uh, January of 2011. I am an admirer of his uh, technical analysis. He is a cycles analyst. He's been incredibly accurate, and uh, he and I are trying to warn folks. Now, my clients are going to be okay. They're safe. But my concern is for everybody out there who uh, is not Uh, hedged or in a safe or protected position in their retirement accounts because my personal belief and I think uh, when we bring Tim back in here he'll tell you the same thing I think when this thing breaks apart and goes down it's going to be worse than 08 and um, that can devastate anybody who is uh, near retirement and has their monies in this market because Wall Street's not telling you this stuff you're not getting it and and they do not believe me they do not ring a bell at market tops they'll never let you know that They'll let you ride this thing all the way back down, just like you did in 08 into 09. Well, Tim, let's get you back in here because at the um, end of the uh, before the break, we were talking about complacency. People are totally, completely oblivious to what's going on, and I can verify that for you. I work with people every day. They come in off of my radio program. They come in from the advertising that I do, and I see them all the time, and they are absolutely complacent. They don't have a care in the world about this market. And that is a danger signal, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that's what I meant back in 09 when we came out of the low, when I said that uh, the longer the rally lasts, the more dangerous it would become. That is precisely what I meant. And, um, you know, it just it just amazes me. People, people um, you know, they don't know what they don't know and and it's amazing how people will extrapolate you know you see something over the course of a year or two or three and then all of a sudden it becomes the norm in their mind and 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 that's how people get lulled to sleep i I understand that you know i i don't blame people because people have their life to live they don't they don't look at this stuff every day like you and i do i blame wall street because Wall Street will quickly tell you, oh, there's, there's no way to discern when, when the market tops and when the bottom is. But I'm telling you, there's lots of ways you can do that. Wall Street must keep the people invested for Wall Street's sake, not their sake. Let me give you an example of that. You're, you're exactly right. And, you know, I know of no one. And I'm not, I'm not look, you know, I don't say this. Uh, the last thing I want to do is come across as arrogant because that's discrediting, and I, I don't brag, I don't toot my own horn. You know that. But let me say this. I know of no one that made that call in 2000, and I know of no one that made that call in 2007. Prechter, I'm, I know he was on board with the call. I know Richard Russell. Well, I say that. Richard Russell made the call in 2000. Um and Prechter made the call, I think, and myself. I identified it specifically with the DNA markers, which is something that no one else had. But <clears throat> I know in, in 2000, when, when I had, you know, I made the call public in a magazine. 
technical analysis of Stocks Commodities Magazine. In, in that instance, it set up and it just kind of flatlined and, and there was time to get the publication out. And I got emails ridiculing me, you know, people making fun. And uh, I tried to get on CNBC. I sent the article to, to, and talked to Ron and Sana. And, you know, the guy told me, he said, I can't have you come on and say what you have to say. Because the forecast, the rest of that forecast was not only did I identify the top with the DNA markers, but I said that it would go below the 1998 four-year cycle low, and it did. Um, and and uh, you know they they don't want to hear it. No one told. If you think about it, no one warned about the top in 2007. Said that it would be the the you know the worst financial disaster since the Great Depression. No one warns about these things because they don't know. They're salesmen. They're salesmen. And so they can say what they want to say now about us technicians, but, you know, uh, my record speaks for itself. And, um, you know, I just hope that people will, will take the warning. It, but, you, you know, you asked me in one of the, um, in the, um, uh, while we were waiting to come back on the air about the, um, or you made the comment about this being worse than, than 2008, 2009. And I agree completely. Let me give some statistics on that. You know, I talked about the volume characteristics of the market and how since 2000 the volume characteristics have been that of a secular bear market in spite of the fact that we've moved to a new high. Well, there's another statistical characteristic of this market that is starting at the 2000 top that confirms the volume, if you will. With the four-year cycle, it's a fact going back and identifying the secular bear market periods, according to the Dow theorists, not according to me, but according to the original writings, I say original writings, according back, uh, you know, in the early 1900s, their original writings, but then using the writings of, of Richard Russell and, and the secular bear market periods, uh, one of the, the statistical facts that I found is that in every secular bear market, the four-year cycle declines below the previous four-year cycle low. Well, I made the call not knowing at the time that the 2000 top was, you know, with, with certainty that it was the secular bear market or bull market top. I just knew it was a four-year cycle top. I made the call below the 98 low based on some other things, statistical, and it came to pass. Well, <clears throat> look at the rally into the O. If you look at the chart, look at the rally into the um, 07 high, and then the rally into, or the decline into the 09 low violated the 02 low. So that fits. Since 2000, every four-year cycle decline has moved below the previous four-year cycle low. Now, <clears throat> if we apply that to the to, to you know the current situation, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But what this statistic implies is that when this thing cracks, that we're going below the 19, uh, excuse me, the 09 low, and that sounds like I said, it, it uh, maybe the statistic is going to be wrong this time, maybe, but I will say this: since the inception of the averages in 1896, that statistic is 100 percent. So that's a statistic that I'm not going to stand in front of, and that's the reason why I think this thing is so dangerous. That. The fact that it has been, it is the longest four-year cycle ever, and that I, I know that the longer you stretch these cycles, the worse the revision to the mean, if you will, which fits with 
such a move as, as the, the statistics saying that it would, you know, that's supposed to go below the 09 low, and the fact that I know that there's no underlying fundamental basis for, for the market to have done what it's done, and the fact that I know looking at the volume characteristics of the market. And so from my seat, it's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of nothing. There's no support under this market. There's nothing. It's just, it's a mirage. And so, yes, I think I have to stick to that statistic. And then, uh, you know, if, if something other than that happens, then so be it. But um, I, I, think, I think there is a great chance, 99% chance, that we go below the L9 low. If you just joined us today, my guest is Tim Wood. This is a special edition of the Wealth Guardian Show. Tim is the editor and publisher of Cycles News and Views. We're having this conversation today because, in Tim's view, in my view, this market is in trouble. Uh, this uh, this run-up since the bottom in 2009 is in jeopardy. We have not progressed at all since the first of the year. Uh, Tim's DNA markers are starting to align, and we're currently under five Hindenburg omens. You know, Tim, I have been warning my listeners and my clients really for years now that this market is not a fundamentally built bull market, and it's dangerous. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know how you want to look at it, I've been wrong. And that's okay. I'll own that. Because I, when this thing breaks, and I think you've said it, I think I've read Richard Russell to say this, Harry Dent saying it, and Prechter saying it, when this thing finally breaks, it's going to be like lightning. That's that is what the statistic says. It's, it's got a lot of catch-up to do. And um, I think that people are just going to be I mean, I think they're just going to be devastated by it. And this time, I think it's, like you said, I think it's worse. Uh, I mean, certainly if we go below the 09 low, it's going to be much worse than, than, than what we saw into the 09 low. This time, I think it's global. I think, uh, and I think this thing going on with Greece and Puerto Rico is just the tip of the iceberg. I know they've allegedly struck some kind of deal. It doesn't matter. It, I mean, that, that's neither here nor there. It, 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 that really doesn't matter. Uh, but I do think that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um and, you know, as crazy as this sounds, and you'll vouch for me on this, and I'm saying this not to, to, to brag. I'm saying this to try to make people think. Um, you know, I'm sitting here talking about that statistic, and it's going below the 09 low. Sounds crazy. Okay. But does it sound any crazier than in July of 2008 when oil was at $146 a barrel? I made the call online in an interview with Jim Puplava that I thought the oil market had topped. Does it sound any crazier than that? Does it sound any crazier than when I identified the housing top or the gold top in 2011 or the top in 2000 or the top in 2007? I think not. And so what I'm saying is, is that people just, you know, like, like Doug said, they don't ring a bell. You can't identify tops, and um, this thing is very, very, very dangerous. And I think because of all the underlying circumstances that we've talked about, I've been saying in my letter, 
I think it is the most dangerous stock market since the inception of the averages in 1896, and no one sees it. Hardly. There's a few. You know, I've often wondered that uh, intraday low in uh, in March of '09 was six 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 on the S and P 500. I, I think that was awfully. Is it an omen? Is it ironic? I don't know, but uh, you know, you're right, Tim. I uh, I'm I'm concerned about where we are, where we're where we're headed. In fact, and and this could be this could be the year. This could be the uh, the end of the party. Well. This is a special edition of the Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray on 94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. Back in a moment with more from Tim. WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. This is a special edition of the Wealth Guardians radio program with Doug Ray. My guest today has been Tim Wood. He's the CPA. He's the editor and publisher of Cycles News and Views. I have talked about Tim a lot on this radio program because I do respect his work so much. It's been amazingly accurate. His market calls using technical analysis, specifically cycle uh, work. I want to make something perfectly clear. This is the last segment of today's program, and I'm not doing this program to scare you. I am not doing this program to be any way near um, flamboyant, if you will. I am sincerely, seriously concerned about this market, and I am very concerned about those of you out there who have your retirement funds in this market and you're close to retirement because I believe when this thing finally breaks, and I don't know when it will, but when it finally breaks, it's going to be vicious, it's going to be nasty, and I think it's going to make the 2008 event look like a day in the park. I had Tim on this program for the whole hour today because his views and my views align He's been so good at recognizing market tops, and I wanted him to be kind of a warning beacon for our listeners out there. You know, we've talked about the DNA markers. Uh, They set up pretty good last year. I think four of the five were in place, and then all of a sudden they got blown out. They're starting to set up again. Tim, let's talk about in this last segment where we are in this market right now. What could transpire and then how, like last October, it got blown away. Can they kick the can down the road more? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, there's, there's no question. Um, and as resilient as this market is, you have to give it the benefit of the doubt until they are all in place. Um, but like I said early on, the market's in trouble, and uh, if they're not blown out fairly soon, then um, you know I think it's going to materialize, and then and then it's 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 checkmate. And you know, like you said, we're not here to scare anyone. Um, I mean, I had phone calls from people before, crying, grown men. It happened more than once that had lost so much money; it was devastating to them. And they were actually subscribers, and they said, "I just didn't believe it. I just didn't believe it." 
And, you know, this stuff, you know, a lot of people have opinions, and in, 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 I guess kind of something different when, with my work, is it's okay to have an opinion. You know, you can feel something, you can sense it, you can know it. But, you know, I have statistics, hard data that, that, that I'm pointing to. And, um, you know, it's hard to argue with that. It, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not very subjective, really. I mean, it just, it just is. And, you know, it's kind of like Gordon Gecko said, uh, and I can't get the quote exactly right, but he said something to the effect that the most valuable commodity was information. And so that's all we're trying to say here is, is, is the information. And like Doug said, the research is available in the letter. Um, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I guess that's it. I, I guess the message is is that this is it, it, it's, it, it's, it's a mirage, people. It's a mirage. And um, I, I am very concerned not only about the economic um, uh, consequences of, of this, but we're seeing it. We're seeing the social and political aspect of it, and and I am I am just I'm very concerned about the fallout and what could happen. You know, Robert Prechter talks in his Elliott Wave uh, theorist. Uh, he talks a lot about the socioeconomics uh, of. Uh, of a, of a collapsing market and how in a in a truly bear market uh, society gets uh, very bearish uh riots break out um there's unrest government instability things like that do you believe that that potentiality is there yes i think we're starting to see it i think we're seeing the tip of the iceberg there and i think we're seeing the tip of the iceberg with greece and with, uh, you know, Puerto Rico. I think these are all, it's all starting to rear its ugly head. It's starting to come to the surface. And, and I think, I think that, the, they, that the powers that be know it. I mean, they're not stupid. They know. They know. They, look, they have tried to save this thing, and it hasn't worked. It, it, it hasn't worked in the sense that it hasn't fixed anything as far as the underlying economy. Yes, okay, this time stock prices are in a bubble. It, it, it's going to deflate in, in, a, in a big way. But nothing has been fixed. We still have to take the medicine. Yeah, you know, it, it's amazed me that they've gone to the lengths that they've gone to, to to stretch this thing out. I mean, they should have let the free market system play itself out, let GM go bankrupt, let us go through those hard times in order to refresh and grow and start another up cycle in the marketplace. I, I'm just I'm just stunned at what they have done over the last seven, eight years. Yes, and if they had have let it play out and just let it go, we would already be through this. Because, and that's something maybe we need to talk about. I know we're running out of time, but historically, the secular bear market has lasted about a third the duration of the preceding secular bull market period. And if they had just let this thing go, it would be over by now. We would be on solid ground. We would be in 1982, 3, 4, 5. We would be, we would be there. But no. It has been extended and extended and extended, and it's only made matters much, much, much worse. And that plays right into the theory that Prechter has that uh, we are at a, uh, his calls it a grand super cycle top. And when this one breaks, it's going to take the Dow down below 1,000. 
No. That's what he says, and that's beyond the scope of my work. I just know, like I said, in case someone's just joined us, um, it my work says we go below the um, 09 low with the next four-year cycle low. I can't imagine what uh, what the world would look like if the Dow's below 1,000. But um, I know anything's I know possible, it. I suppose. I know. And and like I said, I think we're seeing that, Doug. I think I think the the, the current political and and, um, and and social mood is, is showing us, you know, um, what's about to unfold. I don't disagree with that at all. You know, if we look at the market from a fundamental standpoint, I mean, if you open your eyes, we've got right now ninety. Three, I think it's 93 million Americans who are either out of work or severely underemployed. Now, the whole population of this country is 320 million, many of which are children that don't work. So 93 million is more than a third of the workforce that is severely underemployed. How in the world can this economy get up off its tail and, and, and be – be a good rip-roaring economy again and support the market when you've got so many people out of work. I agree, and that's what the job participation rate thing tells us. That's what the velocity of money tells us. That's exactly right. You know, the way to get this economy going and save the economy would have been to create jobs, not send the jobs overseas. Have some incentives to bring businesses back to this country. Some work programs. When I say work programs, I mean to fix our infrastructure. There, there are ways that this, this money could have been spent that I believe would have produced jobs and would have, you know, that would have, it, I think it would have been, maybe it wouldn't have fixed the situation, but it would have been a whole lot better than what we got by just throwing money at a stock market. Why do you think they went that course? Do you have a theory on it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I have no idea. Do you? I mean, I don't know. You know, the theory goes they 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 uh, they wanted to protect the banks too big to fail, all that because if they let the banks go, then uh, it would cause this huge domino effect. And but again, that's what we were arguing for a moment ago. Let it happen because natural forces need to play out. I mean, if you know, if you go out there and you make stupid loans and you don't suffer the consequences for it, then you're going to do it over and over again and, and expect the government to bail you out every single time. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, it does. You know, and that's exactly right. You know, if you open a hamburger stand and you mismanage it, you go out of business. And, you know, it shouldn't be any difference if you're, I mean, hey, I drive a GM vehicle, love them. I always have driven one. But, um, you know, if they can't manage their affairs any better than that, then let them go. I agree. You know, GM made their bed years ago when, when management uh, agreed to contracts that they knew they couldn't p- possibly keep up over time. And right, they should have gone through bankruptcy and cleaned that mess up, and they would have merged a much, much better company for it. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know where we go from here. I, I just know that I want to get this word out to as many people as I can. I, I have had this nagging feeling for, well, since that oh nine low and the way TARP transpired, then QE1, that things just weren't right. And I'll tell you this year, Tim, it's not just a nagging feeling. It's just been gnawing on me. Yes, and the charts are telling us, Doug, the charts are screaming and and not to sound like a salesman, but but people, the information is there, the research is there. I laid it out well in I believe it was the May letter, 
and and when if if anyone is interested in subscribing, there there's there's some back issues there as well. Well, they can they can spend some time and dig into this, and they'll see what I'm talking about. It's laid out. But um, no, we have I think some 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 unfortunately some very tough times ahead, and like I said, it's all about those markers. When they set up, it's done. Tim, we got to go. Let's have you back as things progress. You are listening to a special edition of the Wealth Guardians on ninety four point five WPTI, the Piedmont's news talk and sports station.